we can have money as long as our money doesn't have us. Now, we know when we give to God what he asks, that's one indication that money doesn't have us. But we're going to see that he says, I give you another indication, a symbol of your commitment to me is when you give me your money. You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hillard. Glad that you're with us today as we continue seven reasons why God gave us money. You know, money is a power. It can have such a control on our lives. We can become so focused on that that we get our eyes off of Christ and that we get our eyes off of what he would call us to do. I think left to ourselves and our sin nature, that's exactly the way it is going to play out. But if we want to fight back against that, if we want to worship God and show him that he is number one in our lives, one of the ways that we can do that is to loosen those purse strings and to give to him and to his work. We're going to look at that today from Matthew chapter 6. So join us there as we continue seven reasons why God gave us money. So today we're going to talk about Money, the fifth reason God gave us money, is a symbol of our commitment. A symbol of our commitment, Matthew 6, verses 21 and 24. So what is a symbol? A symbol is a mark, a sign, or a word that indicates, signifies, or is understood as representing an idea. Uh, What does it do primarily, bottom line? represents an idea, object, or here's the key word, or relationship. That's why I put the wedding band there. What is that ring? It represents, it's a symbol. So God has said, I want to give you a symbol of our relationship. And it's not going to be your wedding band. What's our wedding band? Baptism. Baptism is the Christian's wedding band. Why? Come on, help me out. I'm asking you to help me out. It's identification. It's the outward identification of the inward reality. So then when we are baptized, we are proclaiming to the world, I belong to Jesus Christ. I'm married. I was married now, y'all. I was married now. And so water baptism is the Christian's wedding band. And we talk about it all the time. And so what does that represent? I just wrote down uh, the first record of this uh, engagement. Here's what it was said at the wedding of Costanza, Forza, and Camilla D'Aragona in Italy in 1475. Two wills, two hearts, two passions are bonded together in one marriage by a diamond. And God is saying the same thing. Now let's walk into the text. In verse 19, look at Matthew 6. Verse 19, he's going to talk about money. In in verse 19, he's talking about money's liability. Money's liability. And and so he talks about the fact that you have to lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, uh, not treasures in earth. He's saying, in other words, it's James chapter 5, where he talks about uh, people hoarding money. uh, And uh, uh, they just have to have money for the sake of having money. Uh, John D. Rockefeller, when he died, somebody asked somebody, how much of it did he leave behind? What's the answer? All of it. it. He left all of it. 
You can't take it with you. Did you hear about the man who, who talked to God? He was getting ready to die, and he knew he was getting ready to die. So he said, he said, Jesus, he said, I know I'm getting ready to come to heaven, but I have one request. And Jesus said, okay, uh, you, can, you can have your request. What is it? He said, I want to bring all my gold to heaven with me. And, and Jesus scratched his head. He said, okay, you can bring it, but I'm wondering why you want to bring pavement to heaven. Oh, you get that on the way home. And so he talks about, well, you know, streets paved the gold for those who didn't get it. The streets are paved with gold, you know, so why would you want to bring pavement? Okay, it was a little corny, but I made my point. I'm talking about money's liability and the fact then that we need to be careful. Uh, we can have money as long as our money doesn't have us. Now, we know when we give to God what he asks, uh, that's one indication that money doesn't have us. But we're going to see that he says, I give you another indication. A symbol of your commitment to me is when you give me your money. And, and, and so we say it all the time. Never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Never seen it. And so he talks about money's liability. Here's the second thing he talks about in verse 20. Money's durability. He says, he says listen. You are laying up for yourselves. Now, laying up, uh, Brother Bryant, is a financial term. And it literally means a drawing an investment on a, what do you draw investment on? Uh, yeah, you're getting a return on your investment, a dividend on your investment. He's saying, listen, uh, money's durability is this. Okay, uh, think about it this way. Every time you give, I want you to see if I can get you to think this way now. You think this way now. Every time you give, I don't care whether it's to the ministries you support, I don't care whether it's at the worship, I don't care when he gets, begins to uh, collect the offering at the end of this service, here's what I want you to start thinking now. When you put it in there, here's what I want you to think, to say to yourself, I'll see you in heaven. I'll see you in heaven. I'll see, I can't take you with me, but I can send you ahead. I'll see you in heaven. And guess what? Everything that your money is used for to promote the kingdom of God is attributed to you at the judgment seat yeah. of Christ. Hallelujah. Everything. That's money's durability. And, and so it, it is. And then now he talks about in verse 21, money's viability. So God, you've given us money for all of these reasons. What's the fifth money? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I've explained that to you plenty of times. You already know it. I'm repeating myself, aren't I? So somebody help me out. For is explanatory God. What in the world? What is he going to tell us? Give me my word. For, is, Greek is called explanatory God. He's going to give us what? The reason. 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 He says, let me tell you why I'm telling you about money's liability and money's durability because I want you to understand money's viability. Well, what does money make us viable about? Your commitment to me. Your com it's a symbol of your commitment. Well, well, how do I know that? For where your treasure is, there your heart be also. Seems like we would reverse it. Where your heart is, there your treasure is. No, no. He says, show me your checkbook and I'll tell you what you love. Show me your checkbook and I'll show you who or what you love. That's what God says. You know what he says? Put your money where your mouth is. 
You talk love, but do you walk love? Jesus, I love you. Raise your hand. Say thank you. Uh, but where's the tangible expression of that? That's what God is saying. God is saying, show me the money. Yeah. After all, he really could say, it's my money, and I want it now. <laughs> but he doesn't. Okay, let me show you. So he says, where your heart is, because money becomes a heart indicator, which validates whether you love God. I can talk about loving God all I want. Okay, come on. Now, you help me out now. Here we go. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. I done wore that out too, haven't I? Because everybody done heard it so many times. I don't know why. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. And so he says, money indicates where your heart is. Now, how do I know that? Okay. You don't think with your mind. You think with your heart. What's Proverbs 23, 7 say? As a man, woman, boy, girl, thinketh in his heart. Not your mind. So then, so then the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. You think with your heart. Where your treasure is, there your, show me the money, I'll tell you who and what you love. Amen. You don't hear with your ears. You hear with your heart. The Pharisees would not hear me because of the hardness of their hearts. So their hard heart clogged up their ears. You don't see with your eyes. What do you see with? You see with your heart, Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So then this thing is hooked up. God says, listen, you don't speak with your lips. You speak with your heart. Luke 6, 45b, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Everybody with me? We're on the same page. And so when we understand that, uh, once again, show me your checkbook and I'll show you who and what you love. And so it is we realize, listen, who and what you're tuned into, you're turned into. But there's two brothers. It's supposed to be a true story. I don't know. I just repeat them and I let you know it's a story. But one lived in Canada, one lived in New York, worked on Wall Street. The other was a lumberjack. He came to visit his brother in New York. They're walking along the street, and he stops and says, do you hear that cricket? He said, cricket? Man, we walking on the streets of New York, all these people, I don't hear no cricket. He said, I hear a cricket, man. You can't hear a cricket. He said, there's a cricket. And then he looked down, and out of weed growing uh, out of the sidewalk, looked down, and there was a little cricket. And he picked it up and said, this is a cricket. He said, man, how in the world did you hear that cricket? He said, because I'm a lumberjack and I'm in the woods, I'm used to hearing it. What you're tuned into, you're turned into. Amen. His brother said, I don't know about it. He said, watch this. And he took a handful of coins out of his pocket and dropped it and everybody stopped. He said, see what you're tuned into, you're turned into. Yeah, they couldn't hear the cricket, but they sure heard that money. <laughs> You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called Seven Reasons Why God Gave Us Money, and we'll get back to this in just one moment. You know, maybe this series has helped transform your view on money and on how you're handling your finances. 
If that's the case, we'd love to hear about it. You can give us your feedback and share your story by coming to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on the contact link and let us know how Pastor Ford's teaching is making a difference in your life. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org and click on contact. Back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford. Luke 12, 25, you see it? And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possessed. I put the question down there. Do you own your money or does your money own you? Listen, let me, let me just cut to the chase here. Christian value is not based on what you possess, but who possesses you. See, too many of us do it. What do we do? We establish our self-worth by our net worth. Individuals with a high net worth, but very little self-worth. There's a void, according to Ecclesiastes, that no money can fill, that no sex can fill. No woman can fill it. No man can fill it. No house can fill it. No car can fill it. Nothing can fill it except for Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. He has put eternity in our hearts. How can you feel eternity with someone who's eternal? And so my value is based on the fact that Jesus Christ owns me. And then what are you talking about now, Pastor Ford? Because I ought not have uh, such a hold on my money that I can't use it as a symbol of my commitment to God that he's got to be able to control my money. How do I know that? Because of verse 24, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Who remembers what mammon is? Okay, mammon is money. Mammon is the Babylonian God of money. He was the Babylonian God of money and they worship mammon. And remember, let me see who's listening to me. Let me see who's listening. Money is the root of all evil. No. 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 The love. Oh, the love. Uh, so it's okay to have money as long as money don't have you. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And so once I understand, listen, I'm telling you, once we get this possession thing right, everything else will fall in place. Okay, okay. You say, doesn't make a difference. Okay, walk along with me. A baseball bat sells for about $30. Babe Ruth's bat sold for $1.3 million. You don't know why? Because of who possessed it, who owned it. Let me try to sell one for $1.3 million. I'll never get it unless it's Babe Ruth's. Amen. How about a set of boxing gloves? Well, I looked on the internet, and you know Google ain't never wrong. Uh, the average price was $35. But yet, Muhammad Ali's boxing gloves sold for over $606,000. All depends on who possesses it that determines the value and worth. So then, 1 Corinthians 6.20, for you are bought with a price, therefore... Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. So I said, you are bought with a price. You are not your own. 
He paid for us. Now, what kind of term is redemption? A financial term. That, that Jesus on Calvary went into a financial transaction uh, to deal with death, hell, and the grave. And the righteous indignation of the wrath of God. And as a symbol of his commitment to us, he gave us the cross. Now, my question is, what symbol are you giving back to him? Wow. He said, give me money as a symbol of your commitment to me. So, so here it is. We study this as well. Somebody can help me out. I, I mean, I want you to help me out. What do we say about the fishes and the loaves? Remember, first of all, he said, feed them. What was that called? A setup. Because the next verse says, for he already knew what he was going to do. You think he knows the issues we're going through? You think he knows we need to go ahead and finally pay this sanctuary off? You think he knows that we want to impact this community with all of these programs and, and he's going to do it with the ones that he sanctions and not just the ones that we thought is a good idea? Yeah. He's waiting on us to demonstrate to him that he can trust us Amen. with more people, Amen. that he can trust us. And I already said it, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but I'm going to say it again because it happens all the time. I just said something about how we ought to treat each other. And then somebody calls me up and says, you just said it. You know what a person said to me? And I said, oh, no, they didn't. Yes, they did. And I said, man, this don't even make sense. It don't make sense at all. Anyway, so tell me. It says he took it and then he broke it and then he passed it out. Now, remember, remember the tense. What's the past tense in the Greek? Anybody remember? I know you don't, but it's called eris. What's, what's eris? You remember that? What's eris? That's past tense. Okay, so it says he took it and broke it. Took it is eris tense. Means he, he took it once. Break it is eris tense. It means he did it once. My question is, and it says, and he passed it out. And this is a present indicative. Oh, you remember that, Brother Frank? Good, good, good. Get a start today with your wife. What does it mean? I-N-G. He took it once, broke it once, and kept continually. So the question on the floor is what? Where did the multiplication take place in his hands that's it that anything we put in his hands is multiplied because it's in his hands I don't have what I need to make it my question is whose hands is it in because it makes a difference on whose hands it in isn't that right so it all depends on what you put in his hands. And you know, I ran down that before, you know, tennis racket in Venus Williams' hands, all those things she's won and done, a basketball in Michael Jordan's or LeBron James. I mean, on it, it depends on whose hands it's in. And we put it in his hands, here it is. What is he telling us then? He told his disciples this, don't look to your means, look to your master. Amen. 
Look to your master. Don't look to men. Look to the majestic one. Look to me. Don't look to your money. Look to the miracle worker, the one who's able to multiply your money. In other words, it's still not disconnected from our commitment to Christ. Just write these down. You look at the verses yourself. Jesus is our salvation. That's what 2 Corinthians 1.10 says, and it gives us all three tenses of our salvation. It says, he saved us and is saving us and will save us. What is that? He saved us, justification, and is saving us, sanctification, and will save us, glorification. So Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is our security. Romans 8, 29 through 34. Verse 32, if Jesus before us, if God before us, who can be against us? Let me fortize it. If God before us, everybody else might as well be. And so he is our security. He's our salvation. He's our security. He's our serenity. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Jesus is our stability. Uh, so then 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. No other foundation can be built other than be built, which is Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says that we are laid and built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So he's our stability. He's our strength. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's our supply. Philippians 4, 19. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Where is my supply fine in Christ Jesus. That's why I like Ephesians because it tells us uh, that we are blessed and in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Tells us we have wisdom and it's in Christ Jesus. Tells us that everything that we have, our warfare, our wealth, our worship, our work, Ephesians tell us all of that is found in Christ Jesus. Jesus. And then Acts 17, 28a, in him we live and move and have our being. Jesus is our sustainer. One of my favorite songs, Vanessa Bell Armstrong. Listen to the lyrics. She says, who was the one when I didn't know my name? Before I was born, he loved me just the same. Who was the one who took me by my hand? And then he kept me from all danger the way a father can. Who was the one to lead me along the way when I didn't know the path for me to take? Nobody, nobody but Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. Jesus is the one. Who was the one to place the sun so high and hang the stars in place to decorate the sky? Who was the one to die on Calvary with nails in his hands and nails in his feet? Who took the sting of death and victory from the grave then went back to heaven and he's gonna return one day? Nobody but Jesus, nobody but Jesus, nobody but Jesus, because Jesus is the one. What a great way to wrap up looking at Jesus. You're listening to Treasured Truth with Pastor Ford, and we're all about sharing the good news of Jesus here on this program. You can help us do that as you financially give and support Treasured Truth. If you'd like to do that right now, you can simply come to our website. It is treasuredtruthradio.org. Simply click on the link that says make a donation. There you can give a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift. Again, our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org and click on make a donation. 
Well, thanks for doing that and for listening today. Thanks also to uh, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey, our producers. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.